reading from Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. On the first week of camp in 1997, somewhere around the 3rd of June, July, camp meeting was opened and Brother Dwight Balsell gave the opening sermon that Sunday morning and his text was, They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, the same shall be filled. I was seeking for my sanctification and filling. I had consecrated for me since I knew I was coming to my first camp with brother and sister Penn. I was an usher in my local church and I had keys to the church. So at midnight I would slip out of my house, walk down to the church and pray until 5 a.m. to prepare my heart for what I wanted at camp meeting. That is what we call my consecration. Hallelujah. I got to camp. Brother Penn would knock on my cabin and say, we're going to breakfast. I'll see you in church. I was in with the Word and with God. On a Tuesday night, I prayed through to sanctification. But it was not automatic. I prayed for two hours, and that's the first time <clears throat> I met Brother Dwayne of the Portland Church. He was working the altars, and after two hours of praying, he noticed me shift. And he came alongside and encouraged me, and I got my sanctification. On the Thursday, after the morning teaching, in the third chair, the second one, right next to that brother, you see the lady in the pink, and then the gentleman, and the chair next to him that's empty, I got filled in that chair. Praise God. And I want to say that it took many people for me to get my blessing. Many people were involved. And so when the Lord sends out a request and say, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It does not mean that you make the commitment to God with a particular area of ministry in mind. You just have to be willing to go for the Lord. The pens brought me here, but the wind helped me pray. Brother Baltzell preached. People prepared the camp. Someone did the cabin. And each person has a ministry that comes together to make it possible for us to get salvation. So when the Lord is saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Do not think that you are not able to do what God 
God has called you to do. Bless the Lord. In Luke 10 and 2, it says, Therefore said he unto me, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, this calling of salvation is the highest calling there is in the world. It's the most honorable calling because we are talking about people's eternal destiny. And when we enter eternity, our position cannot change. So it, 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 is, it is vital that we each play our part to help somebody to meet the Lord. Somebody prayed. Somebody fasted. Somebody made the sacrifice. Somebody was committed to the gospel. And that's the reason why each and everyone that got saved was able to hear the word. Life is a journey. It's a journey from birth to death. The journey when you're born to death is automatic. All you have to do is be born. You're sure you're going to die. You don't have to do anything except the rapture happen. Amen. But within that great journey, there are many other smaller journeys. There's the journey which requires a firm commitment in order to complete them. Our education, our various projects and assignments, our marriages which we heard about, our personal and financial goals, our camp meeting journey, of which we had the testimonies of the challenges in them, and especially our Christian journey requires a firm commitment in order to complete it successfully and victoriously. Within each journey that we undertake in our life, there will be challenges, there will be tests and obstacles, but a firm commitment guarantees a victorious completion. Why does the Lord still ask, who will go for us? Because there are people that need the Lord. In Jude 23 says, and others safe with fear. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And we heard about the spots that the flesh can bring upon our spiritual garments in our sanctification teaching this morning. A firm commitment is priceless. Praise God. As I was praying to get filled in that seat, I was praying. Isaiah chapter 6, back to God. And as I prayed, and, and, and Sister White from Chicago, of blessed memory, she was sitting right next to me. I don't know how I ended up in that seat because I was at the altar, but then I shifted and went to that seat, and she said, Lord, this young man seems to want something from you. And she prayed with me. 
because she was committed to the gospel. She didn't know who I was. I was a soul seeking some more from God. When I got to the verse of scripture, I said to the Lord, I made a commitment to the Lord. And Isaiah 6 and verse 8, I said, Lord, in the Caribbean, we don't have many ministers. If you will fill me, I will go. And the fire fell. And he filled me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Bless the Lord. If you will pray the prayer of God's heart. Hallelujah. He will meet you at the point of your need. Hallelujah. When you pray what's on God's heart, God will do his part. He will not disappoint you. Hallelujah. you got to make a commitment to this gospel. For somebody made a commitment for you. I'm thinking of all the old time people. I remember Brother Dick Taylor, praise God. He used to come to the Caribbean. And when I got filled that, that Thursday, uh, I went to his cabin. I said, I want to let Brother Taylor know I got filled. But he was asleep. And, and so later on at dinner in, in, in the cafeteria there, I said, Brother Dick, I got filled today. And I came to tell you what you were asleep. He said, Brother Michael, for news like that, you wake me up. God bless him. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I will never forget it. Amen. I tell you, it takes a firm commitment. I want us to be committed to keep the gospel going. Because somebody needs the Lord. Hallelujah. We got to be committed because all those persons were committed. I got my chance. I want someone else to have an opportunity to get the most from God. As you make a firm commitment, there are some things, hallelujah, that you have to overcome to keep your commitment to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just have to keep trying until you get it right. You gotta sometimes refuse to have anything except that I will make it. Uh, be committed, you have to have an attitude that says, I refuse to lose. I refuse to lose. Hallelujah. Praise God, you know. And, and sometimes it's simply waiting on the Lord with a heart of humility, committed not to move until we hear from God. You know, in my short Christian experience, a major issue I have observed is that Christians do not wait for God's instruction, for God's direction, for God's revelation, for God's advice, for God's wisdom. Simply put, we pray and we tell God what we want. Then we get up and act and say, oh, I told God about it. But we did not wait to hear what God had to say about it. Oh, praise God. We need to wait to hear from God. And if we wait to hear from God, we will avoid many a mistake. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. We will avoid many of our apology. Praise God. We will avoid a lot of restitution. Praise God. We will avoid a lot of regret. 
I say on the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a song, the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. There's a, I think it's the first one somewhere. That's not my area, but I know the words. It says, Oh, what peace. We often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain. Needless pain. Who loves pain? Especially when it is needless pain. We bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, praise God. When we're committed, we practice what I call automatic forgiveness. Oh, praise God. Automatic forgiveness. And you know, as, as I was looking at forgiveness some time ago, I said, you know, I realized God put the power for him to forgive us in our own hands. He said, if you from your heart don't forgive your brethren, then God will not forgive you. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's the idea. When we forgive, we receive God's forgiveness. And, and who wants to be without that? But when you have a firm commitment, I tell you, you will meet obstacles. Sometimes it's harder, but ask the Lord to help you. Oh, praise God. I, I've had a couple of sleepless nights. But I had to come to the point of forgiveness to move on with God. Hallelujah. So I'm not telling you anything I think. I'm telling you what I experienced. Sometimes it's hard news. Sometimes it's a bad situation. But we must come to the point where we say, Lord, I forgive. Because Jesus forgave me. When I did not deserve it. When I wasn't looking for it. When I cannot pay for it, he forgave. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. And so when we're committed, we have to do like it says in Hebrews. That, that we must lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And run this race with patience. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him which endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. You know, life is a whole sampling of different people and personalities. Not everyone is the same. And sometimes it takes a little more grace to deal with some folks. But my encouragement to us is to find the grace, hallelujah, to reach them. Because a lot of people simply need a little love. They need a little attention. They need to know that you care, hallelujah. And there's nothing to lose if you take the low road. Simply to win them, hallelujah. Sometimes, although you know you're right, you say, listen, I'll accept wrong. Just for peace. Praise God. It's part of the commitment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Peter took up the refrain. He said, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word. 
that you may grow thereby. When you're committed, God will grow you. And I want to explain something. You grow in the hard times. You grow in the hard places. You grow when there are challenges. Amen. Patience is like a muscle. It must be exercised to develop it. Praise God. And patience never grows in good times. Patience always grows in times of challenge. Praise God. Hallelujah. I remember when the hurricanes had knocked down one of our churches in, in Tartola, British Virgin Islands, and we stand among the ruins. This is a couple of weeks there. We held a prayer meeting in ruins, and we said, this place will be built again. And glory to God. In March 2019, Brother Darrell and Brother Tim came, and we rededicated the brand new structure. But I tell you, it took some patience. It took some fortitude. It took some faith. And it took some belief in God. Because when the money ran out, someone stepped out and said, I will help build the house of the Lord. When you're committed, God will meet you. I'm saying to you, as you go your Christian journey, I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. Brother O said, we come here to be lifted up. You will meet challenges. Someone testified, I know in Canada, that they had a great fire in. Some folks lost everything. We lost everything with a hurricane. You might lose everything with fire. You might lose everything from some other tragedy. But I want to encourage you tonight. If you're committed, God will see you through. You have to be committed to this great gospel. Hallelujah. When we're committed, we will say like Paul, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, and you've got to be persuaded in your heart, and in your soul, and in your mind, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm saying to you, brethren, be committed. Be committed to the gospel. And when we hear the Lord say, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? From a committed heart you can say, Here am I. Send me. If you're committed tonight, if you've never been committed, come meet Jesus. If you have already made a commitment, renew the commitment. We need committed people in this gospel. It's not an easy road, but it's the most glorious, victorious way from earth to heaven. If I have nothing else to tell you, I want you to know we are committed to helping you to meet Jesus. 
bless you and keep you.